0: Chapter number 5 in your Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. And I am going to start reading in verse number 17. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. We'll start reading from verse seven, uh, 17 down to verse number 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, and old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now and then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this moment. We thank you, Lord, for your word as always refreshing to our souls. Your word provides us with so much life, so much direction, understanding. And so, Lord, we understand, Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit. You said, Lord, that you have given us of your spirit to enlighten us. I pray this morning, God, that as I preach, that every heart will will understand and receive the word of God as it is intended to be received. And I pray this morning, God, that you would anoint me, Father God, for the purposes of proclaiming and sharing exactly what your people want to hear, need to hear. And so, Lord, we just thank you for this moment and we thank you for this time and we commit it to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. We started last week our brand new series entitled Gone Fishing. And uh, we said that uh, this month we will focus on missions and evangelism. And uh, And so last week we began to talk about evangelistic or evangelism priority. We talked about that how that everything that we do as a church and as a people is centered around evangelism. We also said that evangelism is the very heartbeat of God. Having said that, one of the things that I have noticed a pattern, and this has happened over a number of years since I've been pastoring and ministering, but every time that I uh, begin to talk about issues uh, regarding the salvation and souls of men, in other words, when I prepare a series, we want to talk about winning people to Christ, there always seems to be a demonic attack. My wife can attest to this. And I knew right from the bat when I first kicked off this series, I thought to myself, I said, you know, things are going to be happening. And God kind of showed me. So this week we had a number of people that were sick and things happening. And we had a whole lot of different things that the enemy is doing to attack people. Because how many know that Satan do not want you to win souls to Jesus? I want you to understand that, that this is spiritual warfare. The thing that Satan, Satan want to keep us preoccupied. He wants to keep us distracted. And if you intend on pressing through, can I say something to every one of you right now? You're going to have to press through all the attacks the enemy is going to do to try to trip you up and keep you from getting what God wants you to get. You're going to have to do that because I can assure you, I can assure you that the Satan is not going to give up this territory without a fight. Are y'all hearing that? He is not going to have you get equipped so that you can share the gospel and see somebody's life get transformed, snatched out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Satan is not going to do that without a fight. He's going to attack you. He's going to distract you. He's going to try to make you sick. He's going to do everything he can because he don't want you to get this. You remember last week and I told you how, the Satan, how Satan is going to attack and You know, and and how that whenever we talk about evangelism, there there seems to be this kind of a, uh, you know, people don't, don't get as enthused. And the reason is Satan wants to keep us so preoccupied with so many other things because he knows that his time is short. And he knows that this is the work that we have been called to do. So what do you want to do? He's going to fight you. He's going to do everything he can because he do not want you to reach people for Jesus because how many know that we're in the business of saving souls through the blood of Jesus Christ. How many understand that? That's why we do what we do. And so for a brief moment as I, I as I started processing, you know, I'm getting texts, I'm getting emails, all these different things happening. I mean it's like coming at me all at once. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so there was a brief thought that and I know the enemy dropped in my head, you know, don't you don't need to share that message today? You need to just, just, you know, just talk about something else. But then the Holy Spirit brought me back to my senses, because how many know that there is nothing that is more important to talk about than the souls of men? You hear what I'm saying? This is, listen, if you don't, if you're not excited about it, you got to get excited about it, because this is everything to God. And it must be everything to us. And so if you are going to, listen, if we're going to really be a church that is really going to be cutting edge, or we're really going to be a ministry that's going to bring in the loss, how many know that we got to press through some trials? You're going to have to press through some feelings. you got to press through some challenges that you have in your life. Why? Because this is our moment as a people. And I'm excited about what God is doing. And so I want to put you on notice. I want to look, look at the name and say, Be Prepared. Here's what I'm simply saying. For this month, as we're talking about this subject, I need, you to be, I need you to be prayed up. I need you to be discerning. I need you to be wise. You got to be, how many you know one, the way you defeat the devil is by walking in the spirit? You hear me? So the, the way that the devil loses is when we walk in the spirit. Now, what's going to happen is the devil's going to do everything he can to try to keep you out of the spirit. Because when you're not walking in the spirit, you're walking according to the own dictates of your own man, your own mind, your own desires, and you will lose it every time. Are you hear what I'm saying? So this is the time I need you to be praying. I need you to be praying for the loss. I need you to be persevering. Look at the name, say persevere. Because how many know that Jesus had to persevere when he went to that cross? How many know he had a whole lot of obstacles? There was a whole lot of things in his way, but he knew what God had called him to do, and he says, I'm going to do this. How many know that we need an attitude in this church that says, I am going to do it? I am going to win the loss. I will not stop until I see this place filled with new converts for Jesus. This must be the attitude of every one of us. Now, today I want to talk to you about a subject. As we continue in our series, I'm talk, I want to talk about relational evangelism. One of the things that gets people so very, very intimidated about sharing your faith is uh, we, we all have these kind of ideas in our mind. When somebody's talking about, you know, sharing your faith, normally this, here's how we think about it. You know, I'm just going to, I have to go walk up to some stranger, to somebody that I don't even know, cold turkey, and try to share the gospel with them. And quite frankly, for many of us, that's quite intimidating, isn't it? Let's be honest. How many of you love just going and talking to strangers, people you don't even know? How many of you just love, you like, oh, I can't wait to talk to somebody I don't know. I just want to go share the good news of the gospel with them. How many of you like really, really, really on fire about that? Yeah, like, like, that's what I thought. But I got an easy way, I got an easier way to do it. The statistics show it and it verifies it over and over again that most people come to Christ here at this church. Are you listening? Say amen. Most people come through Christ because of some relationship, some impact that somebody had on their life. In fact, if you can think about your own life and how you came to Christ, more than likely there was somebody that got you. There was some person, there was some individual that had an impact on your life, which is why you're here. Why you're here. And so many people come to Jesus Christ. They come Simply because there was somebody that they had a relationship with, they spoke to you, they they encouraged you, whether they prayed for you, and they were instrumental in helping you to see that Jesus is the way. And so the power of relational evangelism is amazing because we talk about relational evangelism. Here's what we're saying. Relational evangelism is simply talking to people that you know, you have a relationship with already, about the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. I will venture out to say that there are probably some folks in here right now, if you're honest, that you got friends, whether family members and people that you know and love, that you probably have never shared the gospel with. You know them, they know you, you're in relationship with them, but have you ever sit there and and set them down and say, can I tell you about a man that, dr- that drastically changed my life. I, I know we're friends. I-, I know we hang out together. We go to lunch together. I love you. I- but, you know, uh, but-, but can I tell you about a man that changed? radically changed my life? Have you ever thought about becoming a Christian? If many of us are honest, you probably have known people for three, four, and five years, and you've never opened your mouth and said anything. And here's what I'm trying to say: these are missed opportunities. Because everything, how many know that God, the, the relationships for us, we want to build relationships, we want to cultivate these relationships for the express purpose of seeing the people that we love come to Jesus. How many of you want your friends, your family to come to Jesus? Come on, you want them all to come to Jesus. That's why we do it. The whole point of everything we do is about helping men to come to, to be reconciled to God. That is the essence. When you strip it down. That is really what this whole thing is all about. And so we got to get serious enough to say, you know what? Lord, I've missed some opportunities. God, and, and, and you know what? And I'm going to step in. So we're going to give you some tools today that's going to help you with that. But here's the thing, church. I want you to really, really, I want you to listen very caref- carefully today because this message is more practical. This is one of these very practical messages. That Here's what I can guarantee you, that if you exercise the principles that I'm going to show you today, you're going to lead people to Christ. God is going to use you. You're going to be praying with people to receive Christ. You're going to be an instrument that one day they'll look back and they'll say, because of what Diva did or because of what Ray did, I decided to give my life to Christ because they told me about this man that is incredible, amazing. And His name is Jesus Christ. So everything we do is about reconciling men to God. Let's look at a couple of verses to prove that point. As we begin this series, um, I'm sorry, this particular message, we talked about in, in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 5, verse 17 through 20. So I'm going to break that down just a little bit to highlight a couple of points. It says, now, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. How many of you know that's good news? See, that's good news because if you're in Christ, everything you did before Christ, all the wrong, all the bad, whatever you did, how many of you know it doesn't matter now? People can't throw it in your face no more. Are you hearing me this morning, church? If any man be in Christ, you are a brand new creation. God has set us apart. He has sanctified us. He's given us purpose. He's given us destiny. We are completely have been the slate have been wiped clean. And for some of us, all we need to do is think about where we were before when He came and got us, and you'll get happy. <laughs> if you're not, you'll get happy. You start thinking about what, what He did. Here it is that. All of that. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have become new. Now watch this. He said in verse 18, 18, he said, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Now watch this. And having, having watched this church, and has given us the ministry. Everybody say the ministry. The ministry of reconciliation. All right? Now hear this. All of us are very happy today. Because we're saved. All of us are happy today that that we have an eternal home with God. All of us are happy today because our sins have been forgiven. All of us are happy today because Jesus gave us hope when there was no hope. Now, here's what he's saying. He's saying because God has done all of this wonderful stuff for you. How many know that he did a lot of wonderful things for us? He said, now he has given you and me, watch this, the same, the ministry of reconciliation. Now, I want you to understand something. How many know that the ministry of reconciliation is not just a pastor thing? The ministry of reconciliation is not just somebody who is a, who's working in leadership in ministry. How many know that everybody who have been saved, here's what he's saying. He said, since, since now God has bestowed so much mercy and grace on you, You have freely received, now freely what? Give. He wants you now, you have become the representative of everything that is. So, in other words, you are to go and proclaim the ministry of reconciliation to everyone you come into contact with. And the way that works is is this. How many know that however and whenever we share the gospel, it always needs to be shared in a way that God loves them? Are you hearing that? And that God deeply and desperately wants to reconcile with men. How many know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life? So what we understand is that God desperately wants to be reconciled with men. And watch this. And he has given us that responsibility. Let's keep on reading. He says, verse 19, that is that God was in Christ this is this is good stuff. God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, our Savior Jesus Christ, not imputing their trespasses to them. And watch this: has committed to us the Word of reconciliation. Everybody say the Word. Now and then we are ambassadors. Everybody say ambassadors. So what that simply means is the ambassadors always represents the entry of the uh, the interests of the country they come from. How many of you know that we are to represent the interests of the kingdom of God because that's who we are now? Am I right about it? We're in the kingdom. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Like Paul said in one place, we don't want to get ourselves so entangled with, with the affairs of this life that we miss the opportunities that God has placed before us. How many of you know that sometimes God's ambassadors get sidetracked? How many of you know that if, if, if you ever run into an ambassador and they are sidetracked, you'll know it. Because they've forgotten their culture. They're not talking the way they need to be talked, And their interest is, 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 is totally off, off the mark. But when we are an ambassador for Christ, how many know that we're supposed to have Christ's DNA all over us? What that simply means is that how many know that when, when, when Jesus died, one of the things they said about the disciples, they said, they said, we took note that they had been with Jesus. These poor, uneducated men, they, said, they took note and they said, you know what? They, they, they saw these men, they said, y'all been hanging out with Jesus. How, how, how could they say that? They said it because their life was reeking with them. Because they mimic him. In other words, they took the baton. Anybody ever ran track? You ever see, you know, one of the I used to run a relay, and the thing we used to always practice is, 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 a, is a smooth uh, uh, baton delivery. You know, because if you mess up, when you pass that baton, if you mess that up, it'll mess up the whole race. How many know that God, that Christ has passed the baton to us. And how many know he passed it smoothly? (laughs) He passed it smoothly. So what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to take it, and we're supposed to run with it and understand this. I love this verse. It says in verse 20, that um, the second part, it says, as though God was pleading through us. I want that to sink into your heart for a moment. How many know that Jesus is not here? Physically, he's not here, right? He's not here. Don't look at me like, you're, like that's heresy. I'm not. He's not here. Physically, he's not here. Now, we, we know he lives on the inside of us. He's given us of his Holy Spirit. Am I right about it? So he's living down on the inside of us. Watch this. He's living down on the inside of us to empower us to be the kind of ambassadors that we all need to be. So watch this. So God was in Christ. Now, so here's what, 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 what God is doing. So Christ is making his plea to other people through us, all right? We have become Jesus's hands and feet in the earth. We are. That's why he left us here. That's why the Bible calls us co-laborers with Christ. A co-laborer means that, that, that we partner with him. How many know that we are partnering with Christ to win souls? One plants, one waters, but God does what? God brings the increase. So God has designed the thing in such a way, watch this church, that he is making his appeal to men through us. So the only way people are going to get it, how are they hear without a preacher? The only way they're going to get it or know about this message of reconciliation is it got to come through us. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, how many know God will find somebody to work through? This is why it's so important to to position ourselves to make sure that we are walking in the spirit, that we're following God, because at any moment, how many know God wants to, he He wants to make his plea through you. You You're the only Bible for a lot of people that they will ever read. Your lifestyle, the way you live, the the way you communicate with people, the reputation you have, have the capacity to affect your ability to reconcile them to God. He's, so, he's left that to you and me. That's our job. We don't do church just as an activity or something to do. We are here to be empowered, to help men see, and to, and to really be reconciled back to Jesus. That's why we do what we do. So, so we understand that very, very important point. So let's, go, let's take it a step further. How many know that the Apostle Paul was intentional about relational evangelism? Let me give you a verse and uh, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 19, verse 23. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verses 19 through 23, and I think I gave the media department the wrong verse, and I do apologize for that right now up front. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all. Now listen to this, that I might win the more. And to the Jews, I became, look at this church, I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law to those who are without the law. As without the law, not being without the law toward God, but under the law toward Christ. Everybody say mouthful. That I might win those who are without the law. Watch this, here. look at verse 22. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things, get this, I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. I many know everybody ain't going to get saved? All right, so we understand that. Now, this I do for the sake, for the gospel's sake, that I may be partakers of it with you. So, so first one, let me draw a couple of things from that particular passage. So the first thing Paul said was, Paul says, So though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all. How many know that the best way to build relationship with people is to be their servant? Am I right about it? The best way to build relationships is to be a servant. If if, if you got somebody in your job that you don't really know, serve them. In fact, I I can remember my wife and I first moved in our neighborhood. um, We didn't even know our neighbors. Uh, I would say probably within the first couple of days, my wife was then pregnant with Jeremiah. And uh, within the first couple of days, uh, these ladies came walking down the street. They didn't know us, we didn't know them, and, and we, we, were the only, we were the only ones on the block. y'all know what I mean? We were the only ones on the block. You get it? We the only We okay, yeah, yeah. were the only ones on the block. So i have never been in that kind of neighborhood where we were the only ones on the block. So, so And they, they come walking down the road, and they came with uh, cookies and, 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 and all these stuff. And, and, and they were just so nice. But then on top of that, when they saw my wife, she was pregnant. Then, you know, within a couple of days, they started bringing spaghetti and they started bringing lasagna. This was all within the first week. Can I say something to you, church, that we develop a relationship with them just like that? Why? And why did it happen? Because they decided to serve us. They didn't know us. So if, if you've got people on your job or people in your community that you don't know, because how many know that God has planted you where you are so that you can reach the people where you are? Do y'all understand that? You're not in your community just so you can have a real nice house and look cute and brag about how nice your house is or how nice your lawn is. God has planted you there, but how do I know because you're there? How do I know God sent me because you're there? How about that? God has planted you right there so that you can reach them. That's why you're there. So watch this. You know, last week we talked about the fact that we need to take initiative. Um, how many know that God expects you to take initiative to get to know the folks that are around you? How many know that Jesus, Jesus, when he saved us, how many know he came down from heaven? He came to us. And look, and, 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 and we we're carrying on his work. So how many know we need to have the same attitude? We got to go to where they're at. We got to go. You got to, maybe it's your turn now, that new neighbor. How many of you had a new neighbor move in your neighborhood in the past year? Raise your hands. Six months. Now I'm asking this question. How well do you know that neighbor? Do you even care if you ever get to know that neighbor? You follow you, you getting you see where I'm going with this. See? How many know we gotta care because God cares? Okay, let's keep going. Paul says, For I am free from all men, I've made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. All right? And then Paul goes on in verse number 20. He started talking about, uh, in verse 21, he started talking about how they, to the Jew he became a Jew and, you know, and how he wanted to reach those who was outside of it, who was under the law. He wanted to reach them. And, and to the weak, I became weak. What was Paul really talking about? Paul was really saying this, that, that, I, that, that, that he wanted to identify with people wherever they were at. So the way we would do it today, you know, if I was in California, how many know that California is a lot different than, say, Virginia? Some of y'all don't know that. How many know that California, I mean, they, you can go someplace in California, they smoke weed like they're smoking cigarettes. I mean, it's always just everywhere you go. Are you, you hearing what I'm saying? I'm just trying to show you there's a, lot, there's a difference between the East Coast and the West Coast in, in terms of how people live. So if I was in California, then, you know, I, you know, I got to figure out a way how to reach the California. Now, I'm not going to smoke dope, but everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah. But I'm going to figure out a way to understand that culture. Why? Because I've been planted there to reach them. So if I'm going to be communicating with a bunch of athletes, right? So to the athlete, I'm going to become an athlete. I'm going to understand what that sport is. Y'all heard the other day, I was, I was laughing, I heard about this. Uh, one of the political candidates who's running for the presidency, uh, he went to the University of Indiana. If any, How do you know that Indiana, the state of Indiana, it's like a basketball state? They, the Hoosers, I mean, it's all about basketball. So if you're going to walk and go and communicate with the folks over in Indiana, you need to probably know that they like basketball. So you need to have an idea what you're talking about. So one of the political candidates went over there and referred to, the, to the, uh, the, the basketball rim. He called it a basketball ring. Now, the minute that he did that, he lost a whole lot of folk, probably a whole lot of votes. Like, what? That's a, How can you walk up in here? And you don't even know that. But that's how some Christians, sometimes that's how we do it. We walk in places, man, and we're like talking Christianese. We don't understand the people. How many know that if you're going to try to reach the youth, you've got to get down on that level where you can reach them, right? You've got to identify with them. I've got to get to know them. I've got to spend some time with them. I need to understand their culture or I won't reach them. Are you following me? If I'm going to minister to some executives, for an example, I can't go minister to executives like I would minister to the bros in the ghetto. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? So if I go in the ghetto, I'm probably going to flip my hat a little bit backward. I'm probably going to put a little lean to my stuff. What up, dog? Yeah, I didn't think I could do that. I can. You know, I got a little bit of that in me now. But but if I'm going and on the professional level, are you hearing me? So so I'm going to go. I'm going to go completely different. Why? Because I'm trying to reach them. So when Paul was saying to the Jew, I became a Jew; to the weak, I became weak. Paul says, I I, I got to figure out how best to connect with them. So I'm going to learn about them. I'm going to learn their culture. I'm going to learn. If you go to another country, how many know that, that if, you, if you really want to reach, if you're in missions, if you really want to reach a, a whole different culture of people, it'd probably be wise that you take some time and study the people. I'm going to write about it, right? Or you won't be a very good missionary. That's what Paul's saying. You know what Paul was really speaking to? Relational evangelism. That's all it was. Because how many know when you talk about doing relational evangelism, how many know it takes time to connect with people? It takes work. It takes effort. And in some cases, you got to study the people, right? Jesus says, I came before the lost sheep of Israel. He knew exactly where he was supposed to be. How many know that he was well-versed? He knew everything about the culture that he was ministering to. Are y'all hearing that this morning? So we need to be in that, we need to be the same way. So Paul was really speaking there about um, just finding common ground. You know, how, how can I, how can I reach you? How can I, how can I connect? It's about building relationships. I mean, know that sometimes, and let me say this very carefully. Sometimes it's not always wise to just, uh, to just dump the whole gospel on some folk who ain't ready for it. Y'all know what I'm saying? You know, you ain't spoke to the person, you've been working with him for six months, ain't ever said hi to him. Then one day you go to church, you hear Pastor Bear to preach a good message about how you're supposed to save your loss, how you're supposed to, you know, preach the gospel and save a loss. Then you go into your office the next morning and say, ain't spoke to the brother in six months. Act like, like you never saw him. All of a sudden you go in Monday morning, you need to give your life to Jesus or you're going to die and go to hell. Are you going to be like, excuse me, who, who are you? I mean, what did you come from? I mean, dude, you've been like So what happened to you? I, I mean, know that sometimes we got to build relationships. I mean, know that sometimes for some folks salvation it is a process. Everybody say process. It's not going to just happen. For some folks, it takes a little bit of time. But but here's what I'm trying to get you and I to think. I want us to think evangelistically that every encounter that you have every relationship that you have what should be always running in the back of your mind and particularly the folks that you have a relationship with and that you love deeply how I many you got friends and family and people you know you love them deeply but they don't know Jesus come on i mean we got to always be th- we got to always be thinking like how how can i how can i how can i reach them god give me that opportunity and it may mean that you got to sacrifice something, but how many know that if we're we're not going to win people to Christ unless we're there. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We got to be mentally there. We got to be there. Everybody say, "Be there." All right. So, 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 watch this. So, why does relational evangelism work so well? Why, why does that? I'm gonna give you four four reasons why evangelism, relational evangelism, works? Because my hope and my prayer is that we would uh, start with the relationships that we already have. And then begin to build a relationship with people who are strangers, people that you don't know, but you're somehow you're like, you're like, you see each other a lot. Because I believe, I'm believing God that some of us are going to go home to our neighborhoods and, and, and you're going to build some relationships. Why do you need to wait for them to come knocking at your door? Uh, can I say this? If you're a Christian and, and if, a person, if, if somebody who, an unbeliever, come knocking at your door and they serve and getting to know you, that ought to offend you a little bit. Because I think that you, ought to be the, you ought to be the initiator. Come on. Are, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. Four reasons why it works. Number one, relational evangelism works because, number one, people see your life, right? People see your life. See, over time, people see what defines your life. See? Relational evangelism. Now, now this is why, but it's important that you be a good Christian. Everybody say, a good Christian. Because you want to represent correctly, right? So watch this. So when people see your life, like Paul said, that we're written epistles, we are read of men. How many you know that men are always reading your life? They're reading you. Even when you don't think people are reading you, they are reading you, and you don't want to send them mixed mis- mis- messages now. You don't want to tell them in one sentence, oh, man, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. You know, and then the next minute you're acting like a hooligan. Come on, somebody. That, that confuses folks. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So over time, people see what defines your life. They see, how you re- they see how you respond to life challenges. That, yeah, even though you have some challenges in life, man, you're like, the way you handle it is completely different. You have faith, you pray, you trust God. How many know people you're in a relationship with, they see that. They hear your testimonies. You know, when other folk get blessed, they take the blessing and run. They don't even refer to God. But every time you get blessed, if you get a promotion, you make sure that everybody know God did it. Don't you ever let God bless you and you keep it silent, particularly to the unbeliever. If God blesses you, if God give you a raise, you want everybody to know, you know, I'm just so good because God just decided to bless me. God gave me a raise. God gave me this job. I don't know why, but He blessed me and I'm grateful. God gave me a house. God gave me a car. I'm gonna tell you something. Brother, let me tell you what God did to me the other day because you already have a relationship with them, right? You know this, you know these folks. So you can tell them, you can talk to them because you have a relationship. You see? They'll see your spiritual emphasis. they'll see you. You, you talk about going to church all the time. Man, I'm going to church on Sunday. This is why it's important that you go to church every Sunday. Amen. This is one of the reasons. I can think of 35 reasons, all from the Bible, why you need to come to church. But well, one of them is, is that other people need to see what's really important in your life. They need to see it. Because you're not just living for yourself, you're living to be a witness to somebody. Everybody say, Witness? You're a witness to somebody else. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying, church? Watch this. Number two, you have access. How many know that when strangers invade our lives with some kind of agenda, we are all naturally <laughs> defensive? Am I right about it? You know, we first came here, I remember a couple of times, we done this a couple of times, we really first started church. We just go do door knocking. And we just hit people up cold turkey. Can I say something? The message of the gospel never change. But the method must always change. Y'all hear that? The message never changes, but the method always has to change because every community, every people group is different. So if you come in Stafford County and you go knocking at somebody's door, you, they might call the cops on you. Because people don't, listen, I'm just saying, you go going knock on the door. I'm going to knock on the door. Do you know Jesus? Let me tell you, let me tell you something right now. We, uh, it was pretty rough. All I can say is it was pretty rough. And there was some folk that were looking. They saw us coming. And they were like, oh, boy. Here they go. Lock the door. They don't want to have nothing to do with it. Here's what, here's what I'm trying to say. When you have a relationship with somebody, you got access, right? Because they know you. You got access. So relational evangelism works. Think about the people that you know right now that don't know Jesus. You can probably sit down and talk to them about Jesus because you have access. They'll give you access because they know you. They know, not, they know you're not a freak. They know you're not all trying to rip them off and take money. And how many you know a, a, another reason is that they trust you? Number three, they trust you. They trust you. How many know that trust is a very, very precious commodity today? And, boy, and people trust less and less. Number four, you, have, you gain credibility. How many know that for a lot of people, I'm just being honest, and we can talk, a lot of people, when they look at the church, they don't look at the church, organized church favorably today. There's a lot of people. They, they look at the, the institution of church, they look at the church as a lot of times people think that uh, ministers and pastors are just after people's money. How many of you have heard that? They're just, I mean, these churches, man, they spend all this money on this stuff. They just want money. They want my stuff. They want me to come in here and give my life savings so they can drive nice Jaguars and BMW. Or, you know, there's a perception in, in some circles that, man, you know, the church, man, they got a bunch of pedophiles in there. How many of you have heard that? You know. All these, different, all these different things that people, but um, I'm trying to say is that, that, that the, the, the organized church doesn't get a good reputation a lot of times. But here's the thing. You give it instant credibility because they know you. Are you hear what I'm saying, church? See, church has no credibility, but because they see you, they know you. They'd be like, you know what? I- I'll go with you to your church. They said another reason why people go to a church and they stay is because they find people who are there who are like them, people they can build relationships with. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? This is why relationships are so very, very important. And so people will come to church. They may not go to church on their own, but you know what? But they'll go to church because they know you and they like you. And they say, well, you know, uh, you know, brother boy, he don't seem to be too stupid. You know, he seemed like he's a pretty smart guy. You know, I'll go to church, boy. And he gives it instant credibility. This is the power of relational evangelism. And all I'm saying is, church, we need to take advantage of it because I believe that there's a lot of souls that are right there, but we just haven't picked them yet. We're, over, we're, we're, we're being too distracted. And we're not seeing. All right. So lastly, another five minutes, another 10 minutes, a pastoral 10 minutes. Oh, okay, 10 minutes and we'll be done. All right. So how do we relate and connect and reach? I'm going to give you some practical things. Okay. How do we relate and connect in trying to reach uh, the lost? And we talked about the, the fact that relational evangelism is so important. So now watch this. Number one, this is, I'm going to do this quick. First, we need to focus on their greatest need and not their sin. All right. What do we do sometimes? As Christians, we always focus on people's sins, don't we? Man, it's like, man, all we can see is that they're homosexual. All we can see is they're addicted to drugs. But you know the greatest need that people have, it's, it's, it's not necessarily their sin. The greatest need that people have is they need to get right with God. And if they get right with God, if they really get right with God, how many know God will change some of that stuff about their lives? How many of you can sit here and say right now that you are a certain way, but then when Christ invaded your life, things in your life started changing gradually? Come on. So stuff started falling off. All of a sudden, things that you used to desire, are you hearing me? You don't desire them anymore. Why? Because now you're drawing closer to Jesus. How many know the closer you get to God, the more stuff, uh, sin that starts to fall off or the practice of it? That's how it works. You remember how the, um, in Luke chapter 15? and I don't have time to read it, but Luke chapter 15, verses 20 and 24. So you remember the story of the prodigal son? You know, he comes back, and the prodigal son is like rehearsing. I'm paraphrasing. The prodigal son is like he realizes he's, he's, he's like in this bad place. He realizes, man, what have I done? He says, man, I'm going to go back to my father. And he goes back, and the whole time he's trying to rehearse, like, you know, how am I going to get my father to, to really to accept me again? And how am I going to explain to him what I've been doing? Because I've been in some some bad places, and he goes through all of that. But but, 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 but hear this. When the father sees him, the, you notice that if you go back and read that particular passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 15, verses 20 and 24, you know, when the father sees him, the father don't even ask him about what you've been doing. He don't even want to know. How many know, can I be honest? Look, tell me the truth. How many know that too many of us, we always, we don't listen. We don't just want to know about how people sin. Oftentimes, we want to know what kind of sin they were involved in, don't we? Can I be honest? A lot of times, we want to know the details. Not so we can pray, just just so we can say, "Woo, you did all that. Oh, my, oh my God. Let me tell you something. Oh, let me tell you something. Look, look, they came about us. That's why people don't like to talk to you. That's why people are a little bit afraid to open up. How many know that the church ought to be a safe place where people can come and they can open up? Say, brother, here's where I am. Here's what I did. I was in a bad place. And know that they can communicate and have nobody go out and share their information. Come on, church. So this father, he sees his son. You know, the first thing he says, I'm, I'm paraphrasing again. He's a third party and go get some fried chicken and let's throw down. Let's get some chicken. Let's celebrate. Let's rejoice. Because my son who was dead, he is what? He's back. So all that matters is that they come to God. And then how do we know that it's not your, your job to clean people up? God did not tell you to go clean them up. You go reach the fist. Over time, God to clean them. God to clean them. You, know, you can't do but just preach the good news of the gospel. Number two. So, and, and I'm not gonna dwell on this because I said it last week, but how many know that we need to go to where they are? If we're gonna connect with the lost and build a relationship with them, how many know we gotta go where they are? Some of us we only have we only go in Christian circles. Now that's good in the sense that it builds you up, but it's terrible if you're trying to reach the lost or you're trying to reach people. How many know you can't, in order to reach people, you gotta get around people who don't know God? Is anybody hearing that this morning? Some of us are too comfortable. We got to get around. How many of you got a bunch of friends who don't know Jesus? Come on, let me see your hands. That's good. Now, guess what? You're supposed to be reaching them for Jesus. That's why you. That's why you're there. And for some of us, man, you know we don't. I mean, we don't go to work because we're afraid that all of their sin and all their stuff gonna jump on, gonna jump all over us, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be messed up. Well, you know, you missed the whole point. How many know that Jesus? He went. He went, and people like to say Jesus hung around sinners. I wouldn't say he hung around sinners. Jesus was around sinners with the purpose of winning them, to seek and to save that which was lost. So we have to do the same thing. So we have to position ourselves to access uh, the unbeliever. And then number three, you got to be authentic. Everybody say be authentic. First Timothy chapter number 15, uh, uh, first Timothy, Uh, 1, 15 says this, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Romans chapter 7, verse 15, for what I'm doing, I do not understand. This is Paul talking. For what I will to do that I do not practice, but what I hate that I do. How many of you have ever had that moment? That you're doing stuff that you don't want to be doing. You know it's not right, but you do it anyway. Come on. Does anybody have a struggle like that? Can I say something to you? How many know that we got to be authentic when we're talking about building a relationship with people? How many know that, that sometimes your lifestyle, that, that, that some folk, man, they, they, they don't want to talk to you because you, you present yourself like you're a giant in the faith and you got it all together? Let's be honest. Nobody in this room got it all together. Are you hearing me? Everybody got some junk in the trunk somewhere. Some of us, that's our, we're more professional in covering up our junk but everybody has some junk in their trunk. Everybody struggles. Let me tell you one of the best things that, that, that you can do is that when you're trying to build a relationship with people, it's really just be honest and tell them about, you know, I'm not saying you got to go into all the detail about your sin, but just say, hey, man, I struggle too. Let me give you an example. Let me be careful when I say this. So I was in New York City. I was bringing back a prisoner from, uh, I, I, believe, uh, uh, I believe, I believe I was in Manhattan. So I was bringing the prisoner back. And so as I'm bringing the prisoner back, and out of, now, out of the corner of my eye, there walked this, this woman. And this was the kind of woman that was a head turner. Brothers, y'all know I'm talking about head turners. So everybody in that vicinity, all the brothers, all the guys were like, "Woo!" And I saw heads just off the, I mean, everybody was off the chain. And so I practiced this thing of no second look. Because how many know that, that the first look, a lot of times you can't help. But it's that second look that'll get you in trouble. Come on. Am I right about it? I'm being honest. The second look gets you in trouble. So I didn't, I didn't do the second look. Now, if a brother, would, if, one of my, if my guard would have come in and asked me and said, Man, did you see that, man? Did, 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 you, know, did, you know, man, did, did. Now, brother, brother, I ain't said it. it didn't even bother me, not one lick. Let me tell you something. Look, can I be honest? At that moment, there was war going on inside of the brother because my head was like this. And I fought. I won. I won. But here's what I'm trying to say. You know, I can sit there and tell a brother who's an unbeliever, say, you know what, brother? I go through the same feelings. I, You know, I'm just like you, but I, under the power of the Holy Spirit, because of the grace of God, I'm able to overcome it. But I got the same struggles that you got. How many know that that gives people confidence that they don't look at you as you're like way up here? Because how many know when God cleaned us up, Particularly when he bring us some of us from places that we came, we were—I mean, man—we was in some bad places, and we looked like angels to people. Especially if they knew who you were before you got saved. And so, it's a good thing to tell, just be honest with people. Everybody say, be honest, be authentic. If you want—if you want to lose people, start lying to them. Start making them think you got it all together, because everybody already know you don't have it all together. So stop acting like it. Are you hearing what I'm saying, Church? All right, number four, number five. Number four, I will not talk much about this because we got to do this next week. I only got two of these, so I'm done. You got to serve them. Everybody say serve them. I said a little bit about that earlier, but Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.18, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all. So I want to serve them. Think about ways to engage. Serve people. Then lastly, you got to pray for them to receive Christ. Pray. I am convinced. How many know that when we talk about um, salvation, that it is it is all spiritual. Are y'all hearing y'all hearing me this morning? When we talk about salvation, salvation it is all spiritual. How many know that you, nobody in this room can save anybody? You can't save nobody. All you can do is be a witness and point them to Jesus, and Jesus will save them. But let me tell you something. And I'm a firm believer in this. There are are demonic forces that are working overtime to keep men blinded to the truth of the gospel. Do you hear me? There are some people that had, there are some folk that we had about, what, four or five families that have been affected with something this week. And I'm telling you, I know it was a demonic attack because I said, as soon as I start talking about winning souls, I always get a, I'm telling you, my wife will tell you, it's all, it gets low. Because, because how many know that it's spiritual? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? So there are demonic forces that are working overtime to keep people from seeing the glorious light of the gospel. So one of the ways that we overcome that, and we don't need to fear, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But one of the best things that you can do, if you want to win souls, if you want to win a neighbor, a friend, pray for them. First, pray, I mean, get a list. If you got coworkers who don't know Jesus, get a list and just write their names down. They don't even have to know. And just go to praying and asking God to save them, asking God to use you. Let me tell you something. More likely, you will share your faith with somebody that you're praying for on a regular basis. You know why? Because spiritually, you're going to be there. You're going to be in tune because, because you're praying for them every day. And because you're praying for them, you're going to be more likely to say, hey, you know, you want to come to church or I want to come. you want to come to this event? You got a, a Mayfest. Why don't you bring your kid? I think the kids will have a blast. Bring them around some loving people, some folk that love Jesus. The point is, folks, this is spiritual warfare. The souls of men are spiritual warfare. It is very difficult. But that's why we have the weapon of prayer. The Bible says the prayers of the righteous availeth much. Don't underestimate the power of your praying. And let's pray and let's believe God. And God's gonna, God's gonna use us. This is what every one of us can do. I share some things with you today that'll help you to build some relationships, but I want you to be intentional about building relationships. I want you to take the initiative. Don't be comfortable with everybody else. I know we live in a society, particularly in Stafford County, because we have so many people that work so far away and people come in and out there like it's a transient area and people are coming in and out fast. But you know what? I believe that God still wants us to establish these relationships. So get to know somebody. Go serve somebody. Go cut your neighbor's grass. Go do something. Do something that'll, that'll give you the opportunity to reach for Jesus. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.